Hello there, this is Rick Mercer uh, with the Town of Garner, and we're here for another episode of Garner Station, our occasional podcast that we uh, do with uh, notable folks around town, and uh, you, you, can, you can watch us on YouTube on GTV11, and you can also uh, you know, listen to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and, and subscribe to them. So um, I'm really happy today to have with us, uh, now retired um, from the Garner Police Department, Sophia Sandlin, uh, retired um, just a we're recording this on May 10th, so you, re- you actually retired just a few days ago, right? April 30th, yes. Yep. Yeah. So how's that feel? Uh, feels pretty good. I, I, right now it just seems like I'm on vacation, so it hasn't quite sunk in yet, but it uh, feels pretty good. It's good. Relaxing. Yep, I bet. Um, and, you know, we're, we're also proud of what you had accomplished in your career you know what you did for the community i think you're you're one of you've always been one of our more um you know recognizable officers and out in the community and and in many ways you you know you've been one of the faces of the police department for a very long time yeah. and you you so your entire law enforcement career was with the garner pd yes i started here in uh, december of 1993 and uh stayed here until i retired on april 30th Full career. And what made you decide to get into to law enforcement? Uh, it's kind of it's kind of odd. I went I went to uh, college and I graduated with a degree in criminal justice. And my main objective at the time was to go into like uh, probation, parole, or something within the court system. Um, and my mother called me, you know, after I graduated, of course, trying to figure out trying to get a job. And she called me, said they're hiring in Garner. At the time, I was in. Uh, I was actually in, in uh, Kinston. My parents had moved to Kinston, so I was in Kinston at the time after I graduated. And so I came. She said, they're hiring up in Garner. And I had a sister that stayed up here in Raleigh. And so I, I applied for the police department. I applied for actually several of the police departments around in this area. And uh, Garner was the first to call. And I took the position. Uh, it's not something that I thought about like wanting, you know, you know, people say I want, you know, that's all I ever want to do. Actually, I hadn't really given law enforcement a, a thought. Uh, even though I majored in criminal justice, I, law enforcement aspect hadn't, it wasn't anything that I was against or didn't like. It's just that I just hadn't thought about that as being my career. And so I applied and got the job and fell in love with it uh, and figured out that, it, yeah, that must have been what I was called to do, it was what I called was called to do, and and I was at first I was just gonna stay here for like five years, cause I wanted to go to law school, and but five years turned into thirty, and so I, I didn't leave, so I, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it that much. So when I got to the five year mark, I was still kind of enjoying it and, and doing it, and and to stay. Yeah, what do you think? You you said you you fell in love with it. What what do you think it was that really grabbed you? I don't, I don't, I could say the excitement, but, but that's not totally everything. I think it was just, you know, just being in the community and Garner's been a, you know, a great community to work for. Uh, and so I don't know, it was just, just a job. I just, you know, all the things that, that police officers do, uh, meeting people, helping people. Um, and that, I don't know, I, I just enjoyed, I enjoyed doing that. And plus, you know, I had, co-workers that I enjoyed working with so that helped a lot as well. 
But, you know, so what was Garner like back in the you know early mid '90s? I guess it was a lot different. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. I think when 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 I first got here, it was like thirty some you know it was in the early thirties as far as the number of officers that we had. Um, and now I think it's about how many? Just for it's about close to seventy. I think it's about sixty-eight to seventy now. Um, so it's kind of doubled since I've been here. Um, and I think that year that I came, I think it was like seven of us that were hired, you know, in '93. And so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, it was, it was a nice town. Um, you know, it was, you know, nice neighborhoods. You know, people knew each other. You know, it was a lot of things happening. You know, of course, baseball and and the sports and the parks that we have here. So we had a lot of things like that going on. Um, it, White Oak Road was just two lanes when I got here. It was a two-lane road and country. it was it was woods. It was country. Um it was a lot of places that was that were, you know, just wooded areas. Uh I think when I first got here, Timber Drive ended at Buckingham. Uh it hadn't quite they hadn't finished the development of Timber Drive when I first got here. So we kinda like dead in there at at, at uh, Buckingham with Timber. Um and <laughs> So uh, as you and now you know White Oak. Look at White Oak, and uh, the community has grown. I think it may have been about seventeen, eighteen thousand, maybe when I when I first came here, um, and it, it's it's just grown tremendously, tremendously. Uh, with I mean, just you know, it's changed too. I mean, just as far as like how. Um, just how you know the communities have changed. You know things have changed. Some of the older neighborhoods you've had, the older members have parents have died, and the kids either sold the property or moved in, or you know. So you had rental properties and and things like that that have taken place. So it's kind of changed the dynamics of family. But you still have the families that move in and uh, still staying around. Yeah. So you've really you've gotten to know generations of families in Garner in some cases, haven't you? I have. I have. It's, it's funny. Um, you know, when I first got here, and, and some of the neighborhoods had a lot of, I say, Heather Hills had a lot of had a lot of teenagers. It was a you know it was one of those places where kids hung around a lot in that area and in South Garner Park, and uh, now you know you don't have that that te you know the teenagers around like then you know. You Back then, you just had a lot of teenagers, and you know they used to park in shopping centers and hang out, and you know talking to them, going up and talking to them, and things like that. You know now it's you know everybody's just they stay in and text each other. Yeah, yeah, they're texting each other or they're going somewhere. You know, so it's not it's not the same. You know, it's like you know back then you could drive around and talk to people in the parking lot. You know, people sitting, the teenagers, or or even even at the parks. But now everybody's just like going, moving, going. But uh, it's 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 just changed, but it's it's still got that hometown feel, I guess you can say. That, you know, people still kind of know everybody and know each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In your career, your duties—I um, I don't know if "evolved" is is the right word—but you know, you became really involved in uh, community engagement stuff. That was part of your duties, right? Well, I think for me, that's that's that was. I mean, that was something when when I was hired, Chief Moss really pushed you know community policing and things like that and um i mean that was great for me you know enjoyed getting out talking to people in the neighborhood talking to people in the businesses uh so that's always been something um that i like to do uh and so i 
I took to that and that just kind of became who I was. I think that's probably why I like doing the job because that was part of the job that I could do and, and enjoy doing it, just, just meeting the different people and learning, learning uh, different aspects of people's lives and, and just making a connection, just making a connection with people. So um, that's always been something that, that I've done and enjoyed. Um, in the department, um, I mean, I started out on patrol as everyone does. Um, and I went from, I, I spent the majority of my career on patrol. I went from, we have a career progression, which means I went from p police officer to police officer one, two, three, and first class officer, senior officer, and uh, platoon leader, and then sergeant, all on patrol. So I, I went through, through the ranks uh, before I was a supervisor. And I enjoyed it all. Uh, I was a field training officer. Uh, and at one point in time, I, you know, I trained so many people that the people on my squad, I had trained most of half of them uh, that were on my squad at the time. So, uh, and then uh, I did, I was a, what you call CIT coordinator, which is crisis intervention team, uh, was, which is what, uh, in law enforcement, we, we train for our, how to deal with people with mental illnesses. Um, so I was a coordinator for that. Uh, and then I worked in community services as the sergeant over that, which working with our SROs and um, doing things in the community, doing all the com community events that we have at the department. Yes. So the the crisis intervention um, work is that did you have to go and, and get you know training first before you could become the trainer? I mean, how how that work? Well, yeah. I mean, um, everyone. I mean, everyone uh, pretty much in the department is kind of not required, but is encouraged that we do that. And, they, and the department wants everyone, of course, to go through uh, the training. Uh, it's, very, it's very helpful. It, uh, you go through, uh, it's a 40-hour class that you go through, and everyone goes through it, uh, mostly awake tech. And um, you learn about how to deal with and understand people that are in mental health crisis. Um, and... It started in Wake County, I think it was in 2005, uh, or maybe in 2007. But either way, it, it, I mean, it's just one of those classes that helps you to understand mental illness and how to deal with, best deal with people that you encounter that may be in a mental health crisis. Uh, so it's a very helpful, helpful class. Um, and I just pretty much just coordinate for our department, coordinate officers going to the class, uh, coordinate uh, any extra training that we, we may have, refresher training and things like that. That's yeah. Do you think that's made a real difference? Do you think that's helped the officers to, to de-escalate some situations or better understand what a person might be going through? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, at the time that I took it, I had been in law enforcement. At the time that it came on, I had been in law enforcement for a while, so I kind of learned a little bit, kind of like trial through trial and error. But nonetheless, it, it, it still was helpful when I went through the class. Yes, it does. It, it helps you to, you know, to kind, kind of just understand, you know, what people may be trying, may be going through in, in, the, in a mental health uh, state. And, it's, and still trying to balance officer safety with making sure that you are, uh, you know, being under, understanding of people and, and what they're going through at the time. So, yeah, it's, it's quite helpful. Uh, it's you know it's very helpful to me and 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 I, all our officers are are pretty uh, we're pretty pretty we do handle situations like that pretty well. Mm 
with the department. Most officers do. Yeah. With with some of the things that have been going on for the past year and the discussions about you know policing, one of the ideas that's been floated is is to hire more um, like social workers or, or counselors or, or um, you know people with psychiatry backgrounds who could go out in those situations. Perhaps not sworn officers, or you know, perhaps not armed, but maybe accompanying officers. Can you foresee something like that happening in in? Well, Garner? I mean, it's not. I mean, in the first place, it wasn't something that that we asked. You know, we asked for. It's just something that, as you know, that happens in society, and we usually the first ones that uh, we have to respond to most situations like that. Yeah. But yes, I mean, it it probably would be helpful. Uh, hopefully, you know, the powers that be will hire more people in the mental health field. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it, in the right setting, it, it could probably be helpful, um, you know, with the interactions. Um, you know, not always it have, if it doesn't require the police go there, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, you know, mental health people, mental health workers can respond and, and assist. You know, we, we call, we call, sometimes we do call them out. We have a mobile crisis number that we can call and have them, have them respond if, if need be. Um, so we do have that. Um, but I'm sure, uh, you know, it comes down to, to safety too. You know, with, with sometimes sometimes not every situation is safe. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, they may, the person, mental health worker may not feel comfortable going in a situation like that. It may not be the, the safest environment, but if we can go in there and, and calm it, the situation down without having to, to you know, get into anything uh, physical or or anything like that. That's always the goal. That's always the first goal is just trying to keep the situation calm. Yeah. As far as you know, you talked about um, Chief Moss, one of the earlier chiefs you worked under. You know, really emphasizing community policing. Um, kind of what are the? I mean, you hear that as a phrase all the time. Um, kind of what is that? What does it mean? Because. I would think in some sense all policing is community policing, right, because you're out in the community. Kind of what does that mean? What are the keys to good community policing? I think it's being engaged in the community, having the officers engaged in the community, uh, which means that you sometimes have to get out of the car and just kind of talk to people, Uh, you know, talk to people that you probably normally wouldn't talk to, and just, you know, get out and just engage. And even if you go on a call, you know, while you're handling the call or finishing the call, you still can talk to, you know, people in the community or people out there uh, if you have the time and if, you uh, if you know, it allows that. But it's just, you know, just, you know, get involved with the community either uh, by getting out of your car or, you know, getting involved with the community through activities that are happening in the community. Um, it is, it's always helpful if, you know, people have, have seen you before or, or know you and, and have talked with you before. If they're having some type of situation, that can, that can always be helpful. Uh, it, it can be helpful in getting information from people uh, about certain things that may be happening. Yeah. That can, uh, so it just builds a, a trust. It builds, it builds a trust that, that, that's needed. Um, and they feel like, you know, even though you may have to come to do your job, if they've talked to you and engaged with you in the community and know that you're okay, yeah. you're going to be fair with them, then you know you may have less of a problem. Mm-hmm. 
Does the SRO and SRO, we use a lot of acronyms, the SRO mean school resource officers. Do you think that, it, I mean, that's a component of community policing too, ultimately, right? Yes. Has that helped? Oh, yes. That's, I mean, that's that's great. I mean, the SRO's position is, is a great position. Um, having uh, had to uh, supervise the SROs, I, you know, got a better insight into, you know, how, just how helpful they are in the schools and just how, uh their presence in the schools and knowing the kids. And so when we have things that happen, they can, you know, they're always get there to give us information. And also if, if the SRO is like working, like during the summer when they're off, or they're out, out on the roads working and they have an incident or something dealing with some kids, the kids see them and they just like, you know, automatically gravitate to them. And, and they help with a lot of situations that we may have with juveniles just because the juveniles know them, trust them. Uh, all of our SROs usually have a, a great relationship with the kids in the school. Uh, they have a you know great bond. They recognize them. They talk to them. They know them. Um, so when we when we have to deal with them, we call the SROs, and they usually can talk to them or, or calm it down or get information or whatever we may need. It's helpful to the officers that work the road. So yeah, that's a vital vital thing. So uh, you know another another issue with the with policing that, um, well, that has arisen is, you know, diversifying police forces and, uh, you know, making the police forces, police departments look more, more like the communities that they serve. Um, I mean, you know, in Garner, I know we still have, you know, we're making great efforts, but there's still some work to do. Did, did, you know, was it was it ever challenging or difficult for you coming up through the ranks in Garner in, in our department? And, um, well, let's ask that first. Well, I mean, I, I was the only black female in the whole department, so um, I, I wouldn't, it, it, that's always a challenge because it's, it's always, you, I didn't have anyone that looked like me, so you don't have, you may not have that connection always. Um, but um, it's, I had, a, I mean, I got along well with everyone that I worked with, so I, I never really had a, a serious problem. Um, but it's always helpful to have someone that looks like you or or understands you and understands, you know, you know, kind of where you may have come from. Um, so that, and it was always tough for me because, well, it's tough for any 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 black officer really uh, when you have to deal with, you have to try to, you know, balance. It's a balancing act. You have to balance the fact that, you know, you're black, I'm, I'm a black female, and knowing my community and knowing the things that we have to, uh, to, to go through and trying to be a police officer and knowing what my job is. So sometimes that became, it's tough. That, that, that became, that was tough at various times, many times. Uh, but I always just, Lean to my what my integrity was, and I got a mantra that I live by that says always do the right thing. So I just try to always do the right thing and treat everyone fair as I possibly could, and kind of that kind of worked worked itself out. But sometimes it's it's pretty tough between you know being in in the middle sometimes. Yeah. Um, have you felt? I mean, did you feel more that way in the you know past year or roughly past year since, especially since the the murder of George Floyd? Um, well, I mean, I was, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been, yeah, it's for the, over the last couple of years, it's, yeah, I, my, it's kind of, it's been kind of challenging. It's really been challenging and trying to um, strike a balance, and which is, you know, not always the case, not that easy. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a challenge in, in just making sure that I try to stay focused on what my objective is in, in my job. Uh, but yet and still trying to stay true and uh, right with my community. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes that, that, yeah, it became very hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, mean I, I, would, I would assume, well maybe I shouldn't assume, but one of the solutions is we, we need to work harder to diversify our police departments. I mean, do you see that as you know, part of the solution? And, and if so, what can, we, what can we do to improve recruitment efforts? I, I think that um, that can be very helpful. Um, getting more females—I didn't even throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> being a female, black, and in between, yes. So, so being a female, you know, getting more females, uh, getting more minorities. Yes, all all that could be helpful. Um, uh, so, it, I guess you just have to try to you try to reach touch on the mindset of where people are and just try to, for my community, I would say it's best to try to reach out to those in my community and try to get them to understand the benefits of having, you know, someone black in the police department, someone that, you know, when you go to a call, they can identify you, with you and, and, and may help some situations, which I know at, at times it, it worked for me. Um, and just getting people to understand that um, we can be more of a, of a benefit and if we want change within the, the, the system of, of law enforcement or the criminal justice system, that sometimes we got to be sitting at the table and we got to be there to help work on things, help people to see our perspectives and understand where we're coming from uh, and understand where our community is coming from. Um, and, and it's tough right now because not a lot of, a lot of people anywhere are wanting to get in law enforcement. <laughs> so it's just, it's tough all the way around, period, whether, you know, it, you know whether you're black or white, it's, it's hard just trying to get, you know, good quality people uh, in this job. I mean, it's, it's just not, the tide isn't there right now, you know, yeah. the, as yeah. it was when I first got here. It was a lot different then. Oh, when I first got here, they, we would have hundreds of applicants, and, uh, and throughout the years, it's, it's gotten less and less, and as you can see, most departments are struggling with the same thing, where you're not getting the candidates. Um, I don't think the service field <laughs> sometimes is what people make, because you're not going to make a lot of money. Uh, this job is just about giving and, and, and giving of yourself and sacrificing of yourself and you're not going to make a whole lot. I mean, we make a decent living, but uh, the tech jobs and, mm -hmm. and other things like that make, that make you more money uh, is where most, most people are going. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, you know, what, what have been, what were the, the, the experiences and the things on the job that, that were the most rewarding for you? Was it, was it those where we, you know, we imagine what 
policing is from watching TV shows and you're always dealing with these tense situations? Was it dealing with some of those situations, diffusing them? I mean, or was it, was it other kind of uh, touchy-feely community relations stuff that we don't see on the cop procedurals? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, mean um, I don't know. For me, I guess, you know, like I said, I've been here for a while, and, and, and when I first started here, I used to deal with a lot of juveniles. And one time I thought I was a juvenile officer because I dealt with so many juveniles. And then years later, when some of them have graduated from high school and, and, and had starting their own families, and I see them, and it's like, oh, Sandlin, I wish I would have you know, listened to you, or I wish this, or I'm glad to see you. I'm turning my life around. I'm doing better, and this and that. You know, that's, that's very rewarding. For one, you feel old because You've grown. You've seen them when they were in like yeah. middle school to junior high, in high school, and now they're coming back and they're, they're adults and and they're telling you, you know, that you, you know, I should listen to you or you would, you know, when you were talking yeah. to me, uh, or this, and so you you remember, that makes you feel like well, you, you know, you made some type of difference, you made some type of impact on them because you know they remember you and they know that and they, you know to say thank you or, or whatever. So that that's 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 very rewarding or you know just. Just helping someone for whatever situation and seeing them later on and either they're thanking you or, or you see that they're, they're doing a little bit better than what they were, uh, that's always helpful. Um, I mean, that's always like rewarding and, and you feel you know, like you've done something. Because sometimes you don't see it right away yeah. and sometimes you don't, people don't seem to appreciate what, you, what you've done or it doesn't seem that way. And then you get those moments and where people will come back and they recognize you. I remember you came to my house, or I remember you did this, and you know you were nice to me, or, or whatever, or you uh, you told me what I you you fussed me out, but you know I appreciate it. So you know you things like that yeah. are, are kind of rewarding. I mean, it, and Garner's always been a, a community that supported the police department, uh, and we made sure to try to give the best service that we could. Did you ever consider going elsewhere, like to a bigger department or something like that? Yeah, you always felt home here. Always, always, you know, even, you know, within the job, you stay in the job long enough, you're like, I'm, you know, I'm tired of this. Maybe I need to start looking. To... I never thought about going to another police department um, because, I mean, I felt like I, I got pretty much what I needed here. Uh, you know, people change departments for different things, and, you know, I was... I was happy here. Uh, you know, yeah, ups and downs, but you know, I was for the most part, I was happy here and satisfied with you know with what what was going on. So I felt need to stay, no need to go. So you know, you've you've never um, you never really wanted to leave Garner. You're really rooted in the community. You, I think, you probably understand Garner as well as almost anybody. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah. yeah, and you've you've obviously seen so much, but. You know, the, the country has gone through so much in the past year in particular. Um, I mean, there are always the underlying issues involving racial justice and policing in America. Uh, do, are there any things you think Garner, either the police department or the community, can maybe, um, you know, take away from, from, from the past year, from the protest movements, from, you know, the calls for, uh, you know, racial reckoning? Um, I think for the, for the most part, I mean, we handle 
I mean, most officers I can say here are in in knowing them. They're going to handle the situations best and try to be fair to everyone. I've seen that, so I, I know that, that that's something that, that we do. Um, and I can say that I know that the officers try to do that. Um, do you have concerns and hope that no situation like that happens here? Yes, you do. Um, it can happen. Um, but I, I would say that I felt I would feel that you know, the officers would would always try to do the you know the right thing and the fair thing for most people, for everyone, pretty much everyone. Um, and I think we in the department, you know, they we try to talk about you know talk about those things and, and issues that are happening. I mean, we, I know we talk among ourselves because I've talked to I talk to officers all the time. We you know we have conversations about it, and I you know our, our thing is we just try to go out there and do the best we can, uh, do our jobs, um, and, and like I said, treating everyone fair and with respect. Uh, but we still have a job to do. Um, I wish more people understood <laughs> what law enforcement does uh, so that you know it might help with some of the, the conflict. But uh, as long as we you know continue to try to you know talk about the issues that we do have and talk about uh, officers reaction and, and keep out, you know, our training. We do, we do great training uh, on situations and just making sure that we just keep, you know, keep that before us and, and, and talking about it and, and making sure that officers understand what they need to do and, and don't stop doing your job. Just do it. Just try to do it to the best of your ability yeah. and, and, and being respectful for, for, to everyone. And, and you were a field training officer, among yes. other things. Is like has that field training evolved over the years? You know, with regard to you know use of lethal force, you know various types of restraint techniques. Well, I mean that's that's um, just our training in general. Just, I mean yeah. our training. Um, I guess we have a sergeant that's that's over our personnel and training, and and we have a training officer that trains everyone in, in the department. So that's, that's always been kind of part of our, our training as far as use of force and things like that. Uh, we try to do a lot of reality-based training, uh, you know, real-life situations, and we train on how, how to, you know, maybe react to some of those things and, and thinking about things and uh, your alternatives and, you know, just thinking about situations and not always thinking of uh, lethal force, but knowing that that may be something that you have to go to, but always trying to think of other ways that you can handle situation. And for the most part, I think in, in our department, we, hand, we do that quite well. Yeah. And there, there has been some implicit bias training within yes. the department, right? Yeah, we've, uh, that's been started, I don't know how many years now, but yeah, that's, that's something that we have, I think, regularly, pretty regularly every year. We have that training. So, I mean, one thing I can say about Garner's was why, another thing why I loved it is that we, we get a lot of good training. We, we get a lot of good training, and the training officers that we have are, you know, they go out and get training and, and bring it back, and we teach different ways of, of handling situations other than just uh, lethal force. If we can, if we if that's not you know if you can find an alternative, you try to not go straight to lethal force if you don't have to. Um, so you know we we've always had great training in in, in Garner. That's one thing I, I will 
we'll, we'll say, be proud to say that we, we, we get good, good training. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you could join us, and um, there's probably a lot we haven't talked about. Is there anything you want to add? Or? No, it's just, it's just been, it's been uh, great, you know, uh, it's just been great being and going to work, and I mean, it's, it's been a, a, a great experience. Uh, I knew nothing about Garner at all when I came here, and I've grown to, you know, love the area and, and uh, the people. Uh, I met a, I've met a lot of people throughout the years, uh, and I was glad to serve the community, and uh, I was thankful that, you know, of the support that the citizens gave me and, and the department, so I really appreciate it. And we'll still see you around, right? Maybe? Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes yes. At events or stuff? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. yes. Well, um, thanks for joining us, Sophia, and congratulations on your retirement. Hope Thank you enjoy you. it. And, you know, Garner was very lucky to have you for as, as, long, as, as long as we did. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, well, take care, everyone. That, that wraps up this episode of Garner Station. You can, again, you know, you can watch us on YouTube. You can uh, go to anywhere you get your podcasts, listen, subscribe. Um, we'll uh, catch up with you next time on Garner Station. Take care, everyone. <laughs>